I pledge myself to the pod. Loyal I'll always be. A P to start, a D at the end, and an O sitting in between. Welcome back to An Omnia Paratus. I'm Jay, like the letter. And I'm Angela, also known as AVO. My finger hurts. Oh. It's like I, I don't know what I slammed it against, but I was trying. Do you need a band-aid? No. But I did learn on TikTok, not a reliable source, that apparently if you see like whites in your nails, like it means you're zinc deficient. Again, this is not actual medical or scientific advice. Just some dietitian or nutritionist or someone said it. I have actually heard that before outside of TikTok. All of her videos are like, are we having a lag or are you just talking over me? I think I'm talking over you. Sorry. No, it's fine. I just wanted to check if we were already on a like one, two, three, cha-cha-cha kind of thing. <laughs> Continue. All the videos I'm seeing are like, are you sleepy? That means you're deficient in vitamins A, B, C, D, L, M, P. And then <laughs> do you get P too much? Not fun fact, very annoying fact I recently learned that you're not actually supposed to pee clear, which was what I was told from middle school until like three days ago. It means you're actually taking all of your electrolytes out. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be like a light tan, translucent, but not clear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did not know this. Really? No, because they tell you clear as a child, and it might be one of those things where trying to explain shades of yellow or green or whatever color. Oh my God, the first time I had beets and I peed pink, I like thought I was bleeding from the inside. Not fun. Oh, that's terrifying. Well, have you ever eaten beets? I, I have. I don't think that's happened to me. Oh, it's happened to me. Maybe I've eaten just enough of something else to like dilute the concentration, but I would be terrified. I don't know why. If it's the color spectrum because you're a kid, they're just trying to make sure you're hydrated. I thought the goal was clear, but it's not. <laughs> nope. If it's clear, stop drinking water for a little bit. You need that little bit of yellow. And that's that's your sweet, healthy spot. Speaking of information I recently learned, this was from one of my godfather's uncles, one of our biggest fans, honestly. He's the one who always reminds me when you get the date wrong on Captivate because I get like, there's no episode. It's like, there should be an episode. It's fine. We love the accountability. Um, but we were talking about the episode that was released this past Monday, which was Gatsby. Mm -hmm. We were having a conversation similarly to how like on Gatsby, we were like, who would be at the insurrection, right? Like which characters and stuff. And we were talking about that. And we're talking about like wanting to make sure we stay safe, right? Because like if we're speaking about more controversial political human rights kind of issues, we want to make sure we're as protected as we can be, correct? Yes. So we were talking about how like if someone were to stumble upon our thoughts on the current administration or policies getting passed or things we would like to happen, we wouldn't want like a bunch of QAnon people coming onto the podcast and like hearing us and our thoughts probably not probably not okay so then he was like well as soon as he saw y'all's picture or as soon as they see y'all's picture like they're gonna cut it because like to quote unquote this is a sarcastic comment like two immigrants the conspiracy is it's probably not even their voices they're just facing for two white girls <laughs> oh my god <laughs> That's so great. I know. And then when you let it process and like fully get into things we talk about and just the way things are, I wouldn't be flattered, but like that's really funny. Oh, see, this just brings me back to a multitude of conversations that I had, particularly in my teenage years when I would meet new people because I went to Catholic school like third grade through 12th grade. So I was with the same people forever. So anytime I met someone new, there would generally be some form of the conversation of, so why don't you have an accent? You don't speak like you're Mexican. How do you, how do you sound like that? I was straight up just asked, aren't you white? Oh, love that. In person. This wasn't over a phone call. Like this person saw me. So like, how are you white? Oh, we're going to get into this whole like, what are you? Where are you from? Nationality, ethnicity, racism, all that fun stuff in another episode. But there are some strong opinions. Palatable ones because we're putting this on a public internet. <laughs> but thoughts. Thank, thank you for taking the, the boomer cap this morning for a public internet. Don't worry, you'll get there. Awesome. I absolutely love that. I think that this is a great form of protection for us because if anything, people would more likely come back and say, 
oh, the whatever liberal agenda is trying to place itself into the foreground of conversations by using images that are not related to the people who are hosting this podcast. So we'd probably get a ton of attention. I don't know. Then we'd go viral. Then we'd get signed. Then we would no longer be self-financed. I could quit my job. Those are all options. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe QAnon would do us a favor. Mm, let's not go that far. Okay. I do want to watch the HBO documentary though. Oh, I am so interested because that's the one where they say, oh, Q outs himself during the documentary. Of course it's a he. He, she, I don't know. I'm just kind of assuming at this point. All I know is that Q outs themselves. But I'm very interested in the way that documentaries are made and how laws and things are not fully present when that's happening because the people involved in the documentaries know so many things and they just have to keep it quiet for years. How, how could you sit on information like that? I couldn't. Like, I would tell everyone. I mean, you probably couldn't make it through a season of The Bachelor if you were on it. I couldn't. Oh my god, they'd have to dismiss me. No, seriously, the only way I'd make it through is if just not having my phone or anything like that. But I would be talking to everybody in the house like, oh my god, this just happened? Yeah, I also probably, I could never be the bachelorette because, yeah, what, Katie's just been sitting on this information for three months now? Matt's season ended in March, didn't it? So, like, bachelor cycles are shorter than a quarter of quarter system in college. Ooh. It's six weeks. And rumor has it Katie cut it short. Ah, okay. I'm, I'm loving all my sound effects this morning. Good job. Thank you. Y'all don't know this, but we've taken a little hiatus break, vacation behind the scenes because obviously we need vocal rest we're friends with a lot of singers so we know that we need to rest our vote our, <laughs> our vocal cords i have a honey lemon tea concoction to soothe my throat this morning we wouldn't want angela to get nodes like britney snow in pitch perfect yeah somehow i don't think i'd pull off that like cute low frog voice as well as she did so we're, we're protecting the vocal cords even though listeners will not be hearing this still in the future yeah honestly we just work in the marvel universe now in terms of time frames it's very confusing <laughs> it's great this will be your introduction to doctor who and the whole concept of time as wibbly wobbly timey wimey that sounds like baby talk it does and yet somehow it very much works we're not there yet however since we are now back for us still a month ish out for you do we want to do two updates for the class sure um hmm. i'll go first since i sprang this on you number one i set up my retirement account oh good job go me thank you i had to watch multiple youtube videos and i made sure they were step-by-step -step ones that had screen recording so i clicked on the right things and number two, with my years of One Direction, Hamilton, theater, concert, tickets of all sorts, coveted limited edition items, I got Angela her vaccine appointment. <laughs> that is true. In a early April, Jay joined me in the fight to get one of those like coveted apparently like 12 spots a day to get your vaccination and she got through before me. So go Jay. We are now both fully vaccinated. And two weeks. Yes, we are. Which should be implied in fully vaccinated. However, when the government says people are fully vaccinated, but they, I'm 90% sure they don't include the two weeks. Oh. It's very important that everyone knows that full vaccination is J&J &J plus two to four weeks. I've heard some dispute over that, so I'm not going to say either way. Or Pfizer Moderna plus two weeks. So everyone just err on the side of caution and wait for six weeks after you get your last vaccination dose. Stay inside. Yes. Okay, what are your important things? Um, let's see. I decided that I was going to get project manager certified, so I bought the prep book, and I'm studying for that. Nice. I've been looking into project management because I need a job, mm -hmm. and, and I realized project management, personally, I think you would be better at this than I would, is everything I don't want to do in a, pro in a manager and would drive me insane <laughs> is what I found out from taking. I've watched multiple courses and I've taken and I've looked into things. It's everything I don't want. I think you, you would be much better at it than me because I thought, well, I'll say the reasons why it's not good for me. Okay. And then you can go, what? Are you doing the PIP one or are you doing the Google or a different one? No, the PIP. It's pa it's C C C Pam. Oh, okay. It's some, something that's, like that. That's the like associate one of the PIP. Yeah. From what I remember. I think so. Because for the PIP, I think it was four to like six years of experience, which 
if I'm already in four to six years of experience, why am I going back for a certification? I don't really get it. But the reason is one, I didn't realize as a project manager, you were in charge of your team members not were not necessarily your direct reports for feedback and for job performance and for that stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're having to do a lot of intermingling with their actual manager to make sure your projects can get done, which also means when the stakeholders want updates, you're kind of just lunch monitor slash hall <laughs> monitor. I thought it was like, okay, we have a project. And number two, which yes, this won't surprise anyone. I didn't realize I wouldn't get to make everyone's schedule for the project. It's more me just updating and checking their progress at the way that they see fit. Mm-hmm. And I don't have much faith in humanity on competence and time management and punctuality. So it's a big no for me. Yes. So all of those things are true. And there's, I see, I feel like it also depends on the scale of the company that you're working for. Oh, no, because I feel like that will directly influence a lot of that. But generally, most of it is just interfacing with a lot of different areas of your company, of other companies involved, various vendors, things like that. And that's everything that kind of drives me crazy about my current job, where I feel like I don't have the overall we'll call it authority the the in the know like whatever it is I feel like I just don't have that right now but hopefully this is something that will get me there so I can I can see over the wall into what is going on behind the scenes so I can accurately understand where all of our projects sit Mm -hmm. and like regardless like current company future company Whatever, I think that that would just help drive a lot of the progress that we're looking for because, and I know everyone just laughs at me when I describe it this way, but I feel like most of the projects that I've worked on since I started working, so it's like five years now, three different companies, they've all been run like crash seas, like a crash C-section in a hospital, Ben Warren slicing open the mother with the clipboard, like little clip. That's what I feel like. It's all just coming together, like really rushed at the last minute. And I don't want it to be that way anymore. That's very good and healthy. Mm -hmm. I'm really disappointed, not in you, but in project management, because it's always from like, do you like throwing events? Are you good at budgeting? Are you good at these things? Like I'm, we'll say good. I was going to say great, but we're trying (laughs) humble in 2021. I'm really good at those things. And I'm really good at balancing multiple different things. Just for me, being a manager in retail and knowing kind of what I didn't like about that, mm-hmm. it seems a lot of project management roles are just that side of it rather than the parts I liked about it. Like I loved doing payroll. I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion. I loved making the schedule for payroll. It was very fun for me. I was always very good at it because if you watch Suits, you know, you don't play the game, you play the person. So like I knew which of our girls would – I knew who was going to come to their shift. I knew who was going to call out Mm -hmm. for their shift. I knew who would tell us. So I knew how to double book. So not only were we never over hours, we also always had people on staff so the management team could do what we had to do when we were underzoned. However, in project management, that kind of fun work that I like to do is distributed and I just follow up with people to make sure that they've gotten down and that's not enough – autonomy for me in a position I would want and yes every project management job would be different so it really depends on it just with that general understanding of that's what I could be doing Mm -hmm. we're looking towards OnlyFans feet picks for the win Mm -hmm. okay yeah but that's exciting yeah because I figured why not you should do a TikTok Instagram series through it or an IGTV like lessons you're learning or you do blog or whatever I'm always more entertained by video but to each their own. I might. Well, we'll see. Like I literally like this is this is a very recent update within the last week that I've decided to do this. Um, is your company paying for it? Uh, they don't know yet, actually. <laughs> so we'll see. Got it. Yeah, but I have I have my prep prep books arriving tomorrow. So we'll Ooh, see if fun. this is going to be a quick journey or if this is something that's going to happen later in the year. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's one update. Second update. I finally made slutty brownies. They are so good. I think I overbaked them and they were still so good. What did you put in your turducken? So made like the cookie mix myself. Amazing. Actually ended up using almond flour because we didn't have regular flour. Whole new level of regular chocolate chip cookie. Then I put in the double stuffed Oreos. That's where I say I think I overbaked it because they actually came out a little bit crystallized, but it was still delicious. 
and then had to use boxed brownie batter on top of that because we didn't have regular the regular flour and couldn't find cocoa powder but they were fantastic i highly recommend it to anyone who's looking to up their brownie game i was just gonna do like turtle brownies way better i feel that if i were to try making those i would do the opposite of what you did which was do a homemade brownie Mm. and a store-bought cookie and oreo because i've had store-bought cookie mix or cookie dough and I've had store-bought cookie brownies Mm -hmm. and I feel like brownies I taste a bigger quality difference than I would in a chocolate chip cookie and I'm Mm. more lenient with what I want in a chocolate chip cookie than I am in a brownie okay see I don't know that I've ever made brownies completely from scratching like I've done cake and cookies but never brownies so I'd be interested to try that in reverse as well but for the most part just like how this turned out for the first time it's completely worth the hype go make your slutty brownies turducken dessert (laughs) yeah so I guess those are those are our general updates and then our big update for everyone is since we have now been vaccinated we went on vacation not together not together but still vacation so jay how was your vacation we haven't talked about it also this is the first time that we've really had a full conversation in what three weeks um i was gonna go with like 10 days but sure oh right okay i I did i did call you that one time okay i know not talking to me for 10 days can feel (laughs) like three weeks but it wasn't that long. But we haven't had a conversation just to catch up in a while because you had a lot of work stuff. Mm -hmm. For your TV debut, what was that in your office going on with the monitors and the green screen? So we had our general annual finance meeting, but because of COVID restrictions and whatnot, we couldn't actually do it in person. So we did a live broadcast. Oh, like Callie and her, not her Jackson Avery Award. Her her TED Talk. Yes, TED Talk. it was it was kind of like that. So we got to like go into the studio, preview a bunch of things, like set up their format, go through some dry runs. And then we actually like did everything from the studio live. Very scary. I loved it though, because I had the- Like you weren't talking. I know. I had the easiest job. I just had to monitor how many people were viewing it. It was fantastic. And eat dessert. And eat dessert. Yeah, I demolished craft service, you guys. It was awesome. It's now referred to as crafty by people in the industry. Oh, crafty? Oh, no. Uh, first day, did not show up in time for the crafty. So the next day that I was there, I made sure I got my full helpings of strudel. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. I tried bread pudding for the first time last week. Oh, what did you think? It was very good. It's where I was dog sitting. Oh. But yes, before I was dog sitting... The second one of my friends who lives in LA texted me she was going to be fully vaccinated on some date at the end of April, I literally coordinated a flight to make it the day I landed was his two weeks and her two weeks was like a few days after mine. But I coordinated this trip right before I would have stayed longer, but because I had already agreed to dog sit, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. But I booked the flight the second I had a friend who wasn't in the Bay Area who was fully vaccinated. I was like, I'm going. I'm leaving. Goodbye. Right? Because we spent 365 days indoors. Um, 300, like 400 days. It was like 17, 18 months, 16 months. I don't know. Ugh. Too long. Way too long. First month, I spent 30 days inside straight. Mm-hmm. Like not going for walks, not leaving my house, not going to my backyard, like literally not leaving the physical house. Mm-hmm. Well, because we were told we should just be staying inside, sheltering in place, not going out unless absolutely necessary. And I know, but like people were still grocery shopping or going on walks. Like I was like, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. And just wearing a mask at the beginning, wearing a mask does d- wearing a mask does not physically make breathing harder. What it does do though is psychologically, you feel like you're breathing more shallow and it doesn't feel as comfortable and for me i'm a mouth breather so like my masks get (laughs) soggy if i wear them too long so i would always have to bring double um i've i've actually seen like videos and articles on this and apparently i don't know jay if anyone ever did this to you when you were a kid but it triggers a response where if either your nose or mouth sorry as i'm doing this i realize i'm covering it so you can't properly hear me if your nose or mouth is covered it triggers a psychological response that like goes back to like your primal 
fear base. And so it's like you want to breathe heavier, harder because you think that you're not going to be able to get air anymore. Again, psychological, not physical. Mm-hmm. You can your oxygen levels are fine under a two, three, four, or double masking. Mm-hmm. Also, for women, I don't know if any of you ever went through this, but as a young child and teenager, my family would actually come up behind me and just like cover my mouth and nose because it's like they wanted to like get that fear out of my head kidnapping you well they wanted to get the fear out of my head they're like if someone ever does that to you like your immediate instinct is to panic and to think that you can't breathe and so then you'll actually stop breathing and you you can't scream like you'll start to shut down they're like you have to keep fighting through it so for years people did this to me so when it came time for masking i was like okay just remember nothing's going to happen to you i don't know if this is good for survivor or dhs should have been called <laughs> no it's it's a it's a good thing like it wasn't like a oh like we're, we're grabbing you and taking you it was just like like very lightly like hand over my face you can still breathe no. like most of the times when someone no. tries to grab you they're not actually gonna have a full grab on your face so you can still scream you can still breathe yeah no but of the same nose mouth variety fun fact i learned in therapy which is not necessarily true for everyone but you know how i pride myself on kind of being a super taster yes and like really that could be because of trauma not everyone with trauma has that but certain traumas trigger hyper arousal which is one of the reasons why i can be very sensitive to smells and tastes well it could be yeah which was kind of disappointing. And then I asked her, I'm like, if we heal my trauma, can I still have this? <laughs> or will it go away? She's like, no, you can have it, just your trigger. I give you the example. There's one perfume Angela used to wear and another girl works to wear, and I hated the smell of it. It just it does not work, in my opinion, with anyone's body chemistry at all. And it made me sick. Not because it was bad on just Angela. Like anytime anyone wore it, I even put it on my wrist to try it. It was not for me. And it made me sick. And her whole thing is it would just make you more able to be in rooms with scents that were unpleasant rather than having such visceral reactions to certain things. Like for me, cheeses as a child, I could not be in a room with anyone eating blue cheese. Like I would get physically nauseous from it. Hmm. I don't think it would help with the fact that the Febreze like makes me get hives, but I think it would help with like scents and other things. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Because they talk about that in psych class, right? I It had like the really fun name, umami or something. Like that's your seventh sense. Like your super taster. I mean, umami's a flavor. I, I know. That's why I remembered it. Because in, in America's Next Top Model, I think when they were in Japan, they did some sort of, it was, was it a soup commercial or something like that? And they their one line they had to say it was umami. But what does that have to do with this? Well, no, I think that they labeled super tasters as having an umami sense because it's it, like oh. an indescribable flavor taste that like could only be experienced by some. Mm. But yeah, good to know even my superpowers go back to traumatic events. That's always fun. Well, isn't that how it goes for most superheroes? They go through their traumatic event as a child and then it grows as they mature. Oh my God, that's really deep when thinking about superhero movies. I mean, you could say the same for Disney princesses. Yeah. Controversial opinion. Shouldn't be, but probably would be. Ugh, Disney. We're not going to talk about Snow White. We're not. I went to LA for a week and it was really nice. I got to not only stay with my friend and her husband from high school, I got to see my big and her husband and her new house and our other friends. Well, I was down there. They drove up from Anaheim and then I got to hang out with them for a brunch. I went to vegan brunch. Be proud of me. Ooh, how was it? I had cheese seed French toast and sangria. Okay, and what's the verdict? I'm not a huge chia seed person, so I usually oh, stay I away from it. Oh, I actually love chia seeds. It kind of was a healthy tree hugger version of the the <laughs> Captain Crunch French toast. Okay. It wasn't bad. It was it was pretty good. The vegan butter, I'd never tried vegan butter, so I just took some of my knife and I tried it. And I'm like, it does not taste like butter, but like consistently, consistency-wise, I get why this could trick you. Mm-hmm. Is it was it sunflower butter or I have no clue. Okay. I just know it was dairy free. Huh. Okay. And I think I might have run into some influencers at Azara. I oh. think. Oh. Like would would I know them or Um, you pro you probably wouldn't, but um Alicia Marie's older sister and her friend, her roommate, their other roommate. 
Oh, is that the one who podcasts? They do podcasts as well, yes. Oh, okay. It was weird because Zara was like, no, people can change in here, but the Urban Outfitters next door, we were allowed to change in. So it's kind of a, um, okay. So I was holding things up in one of the mirrors, just trying to get a sizing thing, right? Mm -hmm. I got everything in the right size thankfully because I didn't want to have to return anything but I heard the voices and because it's influencers you like recognize the voice so then I turn really quickly I just turned my head and I realized I was away from the mic Mm -hmm. it looked like it could have been them but I don't have the greatest I don't have farsighted vision like seven feet away from me so it kind of just like was their general figure so I'm like I think it's them but they were like determinately walking out of Zara I was like I'm not gonna stop them and I was like (laughs) what am I gonna say I have nothing to say so I was like, it's not going to happen, but I'm pretty sure it happened. And then I was like jittery for the next five minutes. Influencer in the wild sighting. Oh, that's my other goal. The next time I go to LA is to get put on one of the influencers in the wild pages. Nice. I don't know what kind of obnoxious thing I'm going to try, but that's the next time. But my LA trip was great. We went to Malibu and I got to go. We went all over Silver Lake, Los Feliz. I got to go to Pasadena and Century City. Isn't Pasadena Beverly so Hills, pretty? North. Yeah, it was. We were only there for a little bit, but it was nice. No, I'm glad. Sounds like a 10 for 10 trip. Did you – is there anything you still want to do in the area? Do you want to go back? Was there anything that, like, shocked you? Because I know that there's been this, like, huge disparity between what NorCal looks like open and what SoCal looks like open. Um, The one thing – airport was fine. Oh, my God. Flying down. Someone – like a mother and daughter sat next to me. They were fully grown. Like obviously the mother was, but the daughter was too. And mm-hmm. granted, I understand I was closer to the front of the plane, but you don't sit next to someone when there are empty rows. And yes, I know that the metal seats are open, but like that's more of a capitalist thing rather than a polite thing. Get your own dang row. Yeah. It. Wait, so you had middle seats open? No, we didn't, but oh, I was okay. in the window seat and a mother and daughter chose to sit next to me when I know there were empty rows towards the back of the plane. <sighs> yeah, it's it's always hard because some airlines, especially with open seating, it's like literally just sit wherever you want. It's like they prefer that you just like take the first open seat that you see. But also at the same time, just in terms of like your overall level of comfort, like sometimes you don't immediately want to be seated next to people. No, it's just like if you go into a bathroom and you take the stall next to someone who's using the restroom. It's just human common sense and decency. Okay, that one I get. To me, it's the same thing on a plane, especially as we're ending, or not ending, but clearing a phase of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Well, see, did you have a full flight? No. Well, I oh. don't know. I don't know. Well, yeah, because like, if, you, if you had a full flight, then like they were just like, oh, we're taking like the two like first seats that we can see. No. Okay. But yes, the trip was overall, the trip was very fun, very needed to socialize with peers and get to hang out with people and just get some distance between my mother and I, which kudos to us for making it this long. Kudos to any two humans who had to interact for this amount of period for this long without a break from each other. Y'all deserve some kind of trophy or another stimulus check. Oh, oh my God, those stimulus checks. Okay, I just did my taxes. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I actually don't know how or when, but at some point they started getting direct deposited for me. So I thought I didn't get the last two. So luckily, my taxes caught that for me. Otherwise, I would have committed tax fraud because I was about to insert surprise reaction here. (laughs) I know, right? I'm just waiting for the day that I like really like mess up my taxes and the government comes for me fun stuff oh yeah okay no but all all your la pictures looked super cute and very fun and it made me very anxious for my trip so i'm i'm really glad and then you are in charge of the instagram this month thank god (laughs) and we're posting from denver so i so i actually went and met my big in Denver. She currently lives in Chicago. So this was actually a really great halfway meeting point for us because I think the flight was just a little over two hours for both of us to get there. And we were able to time our flights out perfectly. So we arrived within like 30 minutes of each other and I think left within an hour of each other. So that was great. But I just, I'm just going to start this off with, I would like to speak to the manager of May, who I believe is Justin Timberlake. And what the heck is up with this weather? It snowed while we were there. It was 
35 Whoa. degrees one day and it snowed. Oh, I was going to say the weather's been great. Like LA was great. And then when I do- <laughs> when I was dog sitting at a different part of the Bay Area, sunshine, I was tanning. It was like 80 degrees or something. Oh my God. No, like looking out my window right now, it's so overcast. I had to oh, put well, the heater yeah, on this foggy. morning. Yeah, today's foggy. But the beginning, the end of April, early May was good for me. Great. Oh, 10 out of 10. The the sec the second we got there, it was 70 degrees. And then by that night, I think it was 40. And then it didn't get above 50 degrees the rest of the trip. Oh, wait, sorry. One other really important thing that I need to mention about my trip. Mm-hmm. We drove by Nobu Malibu, which Kaya Gerber and Jacob Ellardy frequent. Oh. And I got to go to an Erwan, which it's a um oh god I don't know the name of it. You watch the show, you right? Yeah, the bougie whatever oh. market. It's based on Erwan, which is nowhere spelled backwards. If you need any kind of idea for what kind of LA restaurant this is, everything or supermarket, everything is they have paleo, gluten free, vegan. Everything's in a mason jar. They offer a twenty dollar smoothie, and I've been telling everyone this. Would you like to know what's in a twenty dollar smoothie? Dear Lord, yes. Okay, let me so I can mock it mercilessly. Who on earth needs to buy a twenty dollar smoothie? Mm-hmm. What is worth twenty dollars in a smoothie? I'll get there. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Okay, here we go. This is the the strawberry probiotic, raw almond milk, strawberries, tocos, probiotics, coconut kefir, collagen, vanilla stevia, and xylitol. No, I don't. I don't think I'd want to pay anyone for that. And if you wanted it in an ice cream form, it is $22. No, thank you. I'll stick with my supplements at home. But yes, shout out to Air One. <laughs> Continue. Okay. Let's see. I did not go to Air One. We had to adjust some of our expectations because of the weather. So I think our first night we went on a ghost tour that was supposed to be walking through downtown Denver, but it stormed. There was thunderstorms that actually helped set the mood, but we didn't go to as many places. But while on the tour, we were actually there with a Denver native and she pointed out to us like, oh, do you see that clock tower? They actually have burlesque shows in their basement. So we just looked online and they had tickets. So we went to a Schitt's Creek themed comedy burlesque show, which was pretty great. The girl who played Alexis performed too, a little bit of Alexis. We, our, our big highlight, which we were super excited for, was the Botanic Gardens, but it stormed again while we were there. <laughs> so we have no pictures or anything. It was very pretty, but very wet. So you didn't do your Winter Wonderland photo shoot in May? Oh my God. Okay. I tried. So, okay, you know how I've been really trying to like up my photo game? I've been following all the tutorials and everything that everyone says, like, oh, tilt your phone this way, like, use this setting, do this, do that. I've been trying really hard. Yes. I've learned. I tried to teach my bag and she almost dropped the phone five times. So I was like, we're done with that. Wait, did my photo taking <laughs> advice do any good? No. <sighs> We have we have cute photos. We have cute photos, but nothing that now currently packs the impact of what Instagram is today. <laughs> Therefore, I will not be returning to Instagram. <laughs> In case anyone was In case anyone was wondering. It. We're we're still waiting on that. And my therapist is going to be so happy because she's just like, "Well, you just post on the damn app already." Because as- your therapist wants you to post on Instagram. <laughs> oh yeah, because as a perfectionist, some of my deepest anxiety lives in sharing anything on social media that is not well received. And she just wants me to get over that. She's like, "I want you to post one thing a week until you don't care anymore." Oh shit. Yeah. She's like, nice. it's not me having to say it. So yeah, she's like, do it. She's like, you post anything and everything. She's like, just do it once a week. And I'm like, okay, but no, I need like three really good photos. So that way it like works out. All right. And she's like, no, I don't care what you post. Just post. Oh yeah. I made sure I had enough photos in LA that could take me through the year. Yeah. Sadly, Denver was not like that. It was so cute. I think we Overall, we liked it. There was some really fun places, which you guys will see on our podcast Instagram shortly as I start making reels and everything. Uh, We actually found out Denver has a ton of speakeasies, and one of the coolest ones was called Retrograde. It's in the back of an ice cream shop. 
literally like the owners just had a dream of owning an ice cream shop with a little speakeasy in the back. And so you walk in, flip a switch next to a big freezer door. Someone comes out, takes your name, will come out and grab you. And then you go into the back and it's this cool little 70s like decorated bar and their drinks are all phenomenal. Cute. Yeah. I don't drink and I had three of them. Were they alcoholic? They were alcoholic. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Or not. We respect everyone's right to drink as much as they feel. Mm -hmm. For example, I drank like a fish over that time. I think I drank more than I did in all of 2020 and 2019, excluding my friend's wedding, to each their own. Mm -hmm. I will be building my tolerance back for 2021 and then severely losing it in 2022 is my goal. (laughs) I had multiple really good drinks. Um, my big told me about from this particular winery, which I figured out you can order online, an almond champagne. Oh, which is like almond. I don't know if it's extract or what infused. I see we can order it online. She sent me the vineyard Mm -hmm. or I will find one and try because she made it sound really good. I want that. That sounds awesome. I would try that. No, I I really prepped ahead of time to like even have one drink. So yeah, so it was good. I have a question. As far as I saw, only one. Ooh, yeah. Well, okay. I don't know. This kind of goes into a little bit of like a heavier topic. But while we were getting ready for this trip, both of our families actually asked us, what kind of place are you going to? Is it safe for you to go there? Because obviously, we neither of us look fully white. So we were, were under the impression like, oh yeah, like Denver's progressive, Colorado, very progressive state. We think it'll be fine. And we met very, very lovely people there. We just did run into a couple instances where no one oh, said no. anything direct no one said anything directly to us but we could hear views being shared amongst others at tables next to us in restaurants that oh, we were just wow. like oh what's what's happening really yeah i was surprised yeah i wouldn't think necessarily cuz denver's the denver is the austin of california <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think that's a perfect way to describe that. Yeah, kind of. So it, yeah, so like that was, that was a little surprising, but I mean, for the most part, like we felt great. We had a great time. All of the Denver locals that we spoke to were so amazing and welcoming. That's good. I, I wouldn't have thought that. I mean, I didn't have that, but the one thing was I really wanted Korean food, Mm -hmm. and the best Korean food is in Koreatown, so we did end up going. I didn't tell my family until I got back just because I wanted them to know I was safe rather Mm -hmm. than try to talk me out of it because I really wanted Korean food. Unfortunately, the place we went, one, food was amazing, but two, you valet parked within the little complex. So think of, you know in college where the movie theater was? Yeah. Imagine valet parking to go to like the Starbucks there. So it was a very close proximity. We didn't have to walk. We didn't Mm -hmm. do much. And so I felt comfortable enough doing it. But before when we had planned this trip, because it was the month before, right after Atlanta and things, Mm -hmm. I was like thinking about like, should we even go get Asian food, period, Mm -hmm. which was really annoying. Fortunately, everything went well. But wow, I didn't, I wouldn't expect that. So I was there. That was surprising. Or you and your big were not fashioned to be racist against. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like I said, like nothing was said directly towards us, but it was just like overall views that were being expressed that made us. I know, but that's still shocking. Yeah. I know so many people. I know so many people who went to school in Denver or who were people of color in Denver, and I'm surprised. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And Jay, I'm really curious. How did you pack? Because I'm super well, I'm super proud of the way that I packed, but you're like the master packer. I am the master of packing and the airport. I'm not saying other people don't do the airport well. I just think I do it better. And now that I have TSA pre-check, it's even better than that. Okay, I think TSA pre-check is the biggest scam available because my dad and I think two of my cousins were literally just waiting at the airport to pick people up and they were approached and given their whole pre-check clearance and interview in 20 minutes. Like, what is the criteria for that? Um, They do a background check. You get your fingerprints done. They ask you where you've traveled before. Okay. But just like for just approaching people who are just like standing in an airport, like, oh yeah, I want to give you TSA preach i don't know just alone because i have global entry too Mm -hmm. so i don't know if it's any different you and olivia had to wait like an hour for customs and i just was standing there 
Yes. That's the benefit of global entry. Well, no, I I totally get the benefits of it, but I don't understand the way that it's just, as far as TSA pre-check goes, they seem to just be giving it away. Like my mom has never applied and she always gets it on every flight that she takes. Really sorry, mom, if you don't get it after we air this episode. But yeah, but it's just always given to her. And then someone just walked up to my dad and was like, oh yeah, let's get you signed up for How a pre-check. How many years ago was that? Two years ago? Maybe it was less popular then. Maybe people weren't as much at that airport. Maybe. Who knows? But yeah, so both of them, they look at me and they're like, why don't you have pre-check, Angela? Because it's not that easy to get. Well, the thing for me, which is the weirdest part is, so if you and I fly and I book the seat, you get pre-check automatically. Yeah. So if one person in a family or in a group has it, then everyone always gets it. But then everyone's not getting checked. So I think a little bit like, so you're just assuming because I'm on file, everyone I associate with is also okay. Right. That's yeah, anyway, weird. I am a queen of the airport, a queen of packing everything, packing cubes and all. I have the best packing cubes, I think, ever and the best suitcases. I've did a lot of research into them. My suitcases I love because they're the hard plastic shell ones, but they're expandable ones mm-hmm. in the medium and the travel size. And then my packing cubes are fabric, but they're also compression packing cubes. So you can still get them very flat and very thin. Mm -hmm. This trip was a little bit different than I normally would have packed because I was a little more high maintenance in what I brought in terms of clothing because I knew we'd be taking photos and I'd need photos to pump out on social media for the next seven months. (laughs) So I brought a lot of, I brought like extra dresses. I brought two outfits a day. It really depends where I'm going. For example, if I was going... Pick a pick a place for me to go and I can work through my logic. Um, New York. Okay. We'll say like New York right now. So I were to go to New York right now and I were to see some friends and do some things. New York to me is always relatively put together and black. So I wouldn't need to bring that many pairs of jeans. I would bring a few dresses. I always start out with what I would wear least to most. So if I know we're going to a Broadway show or I know we're going to a fancy dinner or we're doing tea at the plaza, all things I love to do in New York, the one time I went, but (laughs) will like to replicate as soon as I can go back. I plan those first because I want to make sure I'm not bringing too much one-off pieces. And then I go into bottoms and tops. And typically, some people say to plan outfits, which I half agree with, but I also think it's really good if you just bring like black and white or neutral colors that can all mix and match together. And then I normally bring, I try to keep it under two jackets and then I have like a uniglow puffer that gets into like, that compresses into its little bag. Mm -hmm. And I always bring that in case it rains or in case the weather's more than I expected. My worst thing, and I'm fully aware of this, are my toiletries and my shoes. Shoes are just heavy and I also want multiple options. And I can never narrow down my toiletries ever Mm, because I have such sensitive skin that the cost of me to use someone else's toiletries or use the hotel's toiletries and then react is not worth my trip so toiletries I have such a big toiletry bag and that's not including makeup or hair care that's just like a shower and like bathroom and face wash I have so much stuff I bring because also my skin Angela can attest to this throughout our Paris trip was phenomenal it wasn't perfect but I had great skin in Paris And I had been on four other flights. I had been on four other flights before that. You did have really good travel skin. And that's really hard to do Mm -hmm. because recycled air and I was exposed to COVID probably and (laughs) other things. Lord. I know definitely for this trip because like masks were involved every day for some portion, I had the worst mask knee on my chin that wouldn't leave. And then the second I got home and didn't have to wear the mask for 24 hours, it left. Yeah, that was something I also completely forgot to account for till right the day before, or not the day before, but we would have bought a few more masks. I realized I'm vaccinated, so I was like, oh, I'll bring like a mask or two. I'm like, I still need to wear a mask in public every day. <laughs> so I brought a bunch down with me. Mm-hmm. But yes, I'm a master packer. I, I think it just kind of goes with the logical processy, project management-y side of my brain. That is very equipped and efficient at this point Mm -hmm. i can't really pinpoint it but if anyone has any packing like questions (laughs) feel free to text dm us and i can try to answer them because i can't explain how i do it it just works out well the one thing i will like to go through a quick little rundown of is going through tsa how to do it to be a good global citizen step one while in line make sure ticket boarding pass and or passport if necessary are in hand or in pocket that are not hard to get out. Easily accessible at all times. Step number two, while in line, if line, typically there is a line, start taking off things that you can. For example, untie your shoes, undo your belt, 
put your rings into a zipped pocket. Start to take things out. Make sure your laptop and your liquids are easily accessible to take out. As you're approaching the line, by the time they are checking your boarding pass. That was the other thing I was not prepared for is having to take my mask off for them to check my ID. It makes mm-hmm. sense. It just didn't occur to me that you do have to take your mask off for that. Mm-hmm. When you get to the bins, put your laptop in one because it needs to be by itself. And then the other one, you can do liquid shoes, jackets, and then whatever bags you have to go through. Take the bins. Take more than one bin at a time because you are going to need multiple bins so you can make sure your stuff gets through Mm -hmm. and keep the line moving put your shoes on or slip whatever you can so you can carry your stuff to a bench then re-row put your belt wedding ring stuff and then put your id back in your wallet and all the things once you are away from the conveyor belt i seriously don't understand what is so difficult about this for people okay like what you're saying about like jewelry belts and stuff like that maybe don't even wear it on the plane in the first place because you know you have to take it off to go through security and then you have to put it back on i'm super minimal when i go through tsa like the only thing well, because I also get chosen a lot for extra screening. So I already have to know that Racism. I'm going to have to repack my bag. So I try not to carry too much with me. Laptop, iPad, anything like that all is in like one large like carry-all sleeve that I just pull out and then can be redistributed. Then everything else goes wherever. The only thing that I, I will acknowledge I sometimes take up time with is when I'm flying to from a warm climate, I generally have sandals on so then I'm putting socks on as well to then walk through the airport with my stuff to then repack it before I can put my shoes back on but still you walk around looking like an idiot and not clogging up the line through people going through TSA (laughs) exactly and I also know that if my bag if I can still see my bag back there before it's going through the x-ray machine, I'm not standing immediately at the mouth of the conveyor belt. And also, I don't know- Is that what it's called? The x-ray machine? The mouth. Like, is that what it's called or did you just call it that? Oh, I think I just called it that, but it makes sense. Yeah, it does. That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) Yeah, but also, I think what a lot of people have forgotten and what TSA seems to have forgotten as well, or maybe they changed the rules, I don't know, but I was raised on you do not go through- x-ray, metal detectors, whatever, until you have seen your bag go through. You do not leave your bag. That's a bag unattended, which can then be pulled out and then just not screened. Okay, wait. So walk me through this. I'm next in line to go through the machine. You are not next in line. You are four people back, but you decide that you're just going to walk away from your bag, get in line, get to be like second in line to go through. Then you're on the other side and your bag is still back on like the little rollers to get to the x-ray. That's not TSA's job to push that through for you. That's your job. But what if it's already in the process of moving itself? Like If it's already in the process of moving itself, that's fine. But for airports that don't have that you need to stay with your bag you're supposed to stay with your bag until it's moving on its own like on its way into the x-ray like i've seen tsa like pull bags before and people are like i don't understand and it's like well you're waiting on the other side for your bag and you left it like 10 bags behind huh maybe i just haven't seen it Mm. possibly but yeah that's my thing for being a good human going through security don't leave your bag unattended yeah for me by the time you get to the conveyor belt everything that needs to be off and out should be off and out not when you get there start to do it Mm -hmm. and then in terms of getting to the airport you're flying from oakland to la okay your flight leaves at 11 boards at 10 30 what time are you getting to the airport oh i'm actually really bad at this because i'm one of those people especially if i'm just taking a carry-on I will literally show up like not even an hour before go through security and walk on the plane. Like so I don't, don't be an Angela. Yeah, don't be a me. Like I okay, I'm also the kind well, actually, no, you could be a little bit like me. I'm one of those people, I do not care about my boarding position. Like I know some people who are like, oh, I have to be in the A group or it's not worth it. I'll die. <laughs> like me. No. Or people who then like people then who check their number compared to everyone else's and they're like, well. I'm A50 and you're A51. Oh, I completely so do You that. need to get behind me. I'm like, oh, I don't do that. I don't kick people behind me. But if I can tell I'm in front of someone, I will stand in front of them. Oh, yeah, totally. Like if you're if you're A20 or that, that doesn't – I don't think that makes sense because I think that's like A-list boarding or 
some airlines. No, that's one to yeah. fifteen. Okay, if you're if you're a fifty, if you're a thirty, and you see an a fifty in front of you, ask if you can get in front of them. But I think oh, it's no, I don't do that. People quibble over one or two numbers. If you're within, you're like five to ten. I don't care. I don't quibble, but if you're supposed to be behind me and I see your number, I will stand in front of you. Like I'm not going to make a big deal out of it, but but I'm going to make sure my butt's in front of yours enough that I can board the plane first. And if you bring it up, I'll tell you, oh, sorry, I saw that your number was this minus this. Oh, yeah. I don't care at all. Then you should always just take the middle seat for people (laughs) like me who refuse. Actually, I am. For for short flights, I'm generally a middle seater. Oh, my God. No. Well, also because for me, that just goes back to the whole thing of like, if I'm seated at the back of the plane and then everybody's like standing up and like trying to like climb on top of other people and like go around, like that annoys me so much. Like just exit row by row, everyone. Calm down. I do agree with that. If you have like such a tight layover or such a tight timeline that you need to get off the plane like really quickly, sit at the front. Take the middle seat. Take the aisle seat. If you're... if the thing that matters that to you is most is that you can get off the plane within the I first agree. 10 people. Just do that. I agree with that part. <laughs> How do you do on long flights? I've even tried correctly drugging myself and I can never sleep on flights. Oh, I have a horrible time sleeping on flights. But a friend actually brought this up to me recently um, because she had a question. So she has ADHD. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that she found on this like ADHD forum was that those who have it actually are able to block out sounds around them a little better in terms of like mechanical noise. Mm-hmm. And she has like no issues like sleeping on flights, but it drives me insane. So like we were going through this checklist for like ADHD versus non-ADHD and I like one of them was airplane noise and little things like that drives me insane like because I just fixate on it and I can't sleep oh for me it's just the physical uncomfortability like the angle of my body oh it's not a sound thing Interesting. I can just put headphones in I'm fine I have noise canceling headphones and that's not the issue is like my body can't get comfortable enough on the plane mm, I think it kind of depends I usually don't have an issue getting comfortable like I bring my little neck pillow for really long flights if I don't have two seats I can't fall asleep Mm. Oh, another tip, which I firmly agree with, is always go with the time zone you're going to. So if you're going from California to Ireland, sleep in the Ireland time zone and be awake during the Ireland time zone as soon as you board the flight. Mm -hmm. I do agree with that. No, I think I think that's really good. Like the only time I would say like maybe doesn't matter is if like you're like on a specific night flight. Because it's like generally when you're arriving, it's in the daytime. It's early enough that like no matter how much you sleep, it's not going to impact you that much. I think it depends on the time zone. There was a flight I was looking into Portugal and it was a 24-hour thing. I think you stopped in Germany and then Zurich. Ah. I was like, like, "Uh uh-uh. Nope. I will pay for the nonstop. It's ridiculous right now. Southwest, I have a complaint. I have a complaint to the manager of Southwest. Why are they only doing one to two nonstop flights from major cities a day and the rest are like stopping? Like there's no reason yeah. I should have to stop in Vegas to get to Los Angeles mm-hmm. from Northern California mm-hmm. and take like an 18-hour flight. Right? It's so ridiculous. I was looking for Seattle and it's like, oh, stop in Phoenix. I'm like, why am I going to Phoenix? <laughs> I agree. Okay. So now the fun part, the bantery part, the bickery part that you all be, you're always, always waiting for. <laughs> Angela and I are going to fictitiously plan a trip or coordinate a group trip and see how well we can do. Okay. Where are we going? International, domestic. Let, let, let's do realistic. We're going to Greece. We're okay. planning on going to Greece within the next, I want to say this year, but realistically, it's probably going to be next year unless someone can get their act together. Well, also, too, can you just imagine how crowded it's going to be? <sighs> Fine. But someone needs to take me somewhere out of the country this year. Fair. I want to go to Cuba or Puerto Rico. What about or Australia? Another suggestion. Are you paying sugar, daddy? Well, we'll see how expensive it is. Yeah, I'll go to Australia if I'm not paying for it. Sure. Why the heck not? All seven continents by 30 is the goal. So you do need to start saving up for Antarctica Mm -hmm. because that's like 10 grand. But penguins. Penguins. Okay. So we're planning a trip to Greece. I think the first thing to establish, and 
we might already start picking here. You need to establish everyone's wants and expectations for the trip. I think is a very important first step. Yes. And understand what kind of traveler everyone is. Yes. This will be no surprise. I am someone who, when going abroad, likes to make the most of their time and money and scheduling. So I like to start by making a list of all of the places I want to hit, all of the restaurants, and then put them all on a map and then coordinate by location. Yes. My big and I were actually talking about this on our trip in Denver. We were like, we could make so much money if we could create an app that everyone could just list where they wanted to go. And then the app would automatically like route things into specific days and tell you like all of these things are near each other. All of these are near each other. Oh, and then I also check for free museum days. Those are I also check for free things. But Angela, what is your, what do you think the first step is? I think that the first step is actually establishing the time when you want to go. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a given. But yes, I agree. Oh, see, I know. So, okay. I'm actually trying to plan the Seattle trip. And I'm like, okay, what about like these dates? We can stay like here, leave on this day. Who are you going to Seattle with? I thought I got Seattle. Yeah, you get Seattle. But like I was trying to work it out with someone else who I thought might like Seattle and might like to come. We were talking about it and they were like, okay, that's great. That's like, that's too far away though. I can't say that I'm accurately going to know what I'm doing with my time then. You're traveling. I feel like traveling is the one. Ex- you plan years. I plan like a year in advance to travel. Right. Well, okay, not, not, not nationally, but months out for now, like at least me going to LA was like a sporadic thing, but like COVID, COVID aside, I normally plan my trips national i want to say if it's with if it's on the west coast two ish months in advance and if it's to the east coast seven to eight months in advance yeah i buy concert tickets like a year in advance yeah so i don't know what so i don't get that yeah no so we were just going through it i'm like okay what are you doing in august and this person was like oh well i don't really know yet i'm like so how can you say that you don't know what you're doing because this could be the thing that you're doing that's like your brunch philosophy on like (laughs) times 10. Yes. So like it was agreed that it was something that could be revisited closer. So you and I will do the majority of the planning for this. I'm less picky on national trips than I am on international ones. Mm -hmm. But like here, I have a very pointed question for you. Okay. I felt overall when we went to Paris, you thought things were too laid out and not enough room for spontaneity. Is that accurate? No, I think that we did... I think we did pretty well in Paris. If anything, I felt that we we were a little bit too regimented just because we were so laid out. We were like so focused on the destination. We didn't take time to stop at little places along the way. Oh, I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> well, see, like there are some things that I wanted to do that I didn't think necessarily like needed to go on a schedule because they wouldn't take up like a huge amount of time. It's like, oh, 10 minutes here, 30 minutes there. Like we pass it on this street on the way to X location. But we were- Oh, absolutely not. If you, if, if it matters enough to do it, you, it goes on the schedule. Okay. Well, I, I know this now. <laughs> okay. So my thing is everything that really wants that you need to happen goes on the schedule. And then like if there's time- Like, I like to have a day – I mean, this is really hard internationally, but I think planning 12 hours, like, the morning of your last day to kind of revisit and do those little things, I like to do. Okay. But they're not built into my trip, our trip, the trip. (laughs) If it's not in there, I don't – Okay. So, yeah. In terms of the little things, I think that's something that we know about traveling together. I now know anything and everything that I want to consider doing or seeing should go onto the list and then we factor in from there. Yes. I'm flexible in – oh, okay. This is a project – when I was taking my project management course or like my (laughs) intro to it, you'll – no. So there's agile planning and then there's waterfall planning. Yes. Which I had never heard these terms before. I am a waterfall planner through and through. Meaning, for those of you who don't know, or maybe it's just me, I don't know how behind I am in terms of adulting, agile planning leaves a little bit more flexibility to change at each step. So if you have to go back, you don't need to redo everything. You just need to redo the previous step Mm -hmm. versus waterfall planning is all very systemic. 
systematic. So if you have to change anything, you really have to start back at the beginning because they factor in a lot of pre-planning into each iteration of the project. Mm-hmm. Is that a decent explanation? Yes. See, I'm an agile planner. I'm a very – I'm such a pre-planner. I'm like, okay, give me everything you could possibly want to do from walking down this street to do this. So then we can really factor it in and make sure we can get time so all of our needs can get met. And then hypothetically, the other thing which somehow I feel really ashamed I was unaware of, we went during fashion week, which was a dream for me getting to see all of the stages and see where things were set up and getting to watch the footage after and see what shows were where. But that also – didn't factor into our trip going to certain places like when the Louvre was closed or when certain streets would be closed off. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you have personally, when I have such a strong pre-plan, I'm able to factor in those other things because we already know what our plans B and C are because according to what we already have accounted for. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely more of an agile planner because I'm I'm flexible. Like I'm open to like flip-flopping days where it's like, oh, everything that we planned for Tuesday, we can swap that with Thursday if the things on Thursday are now going to reflect fashion week type things. Whereas I know other people that I've gone on trips with, they're like, wait, like we can't just swap a day because we planned this for Thursday. So then we have nothing on Thursday. It's like, no, Tuesday is now Thursday. I'm fine doing that. I can do that. I just can't. I can't decide when we're going between the Louvre and Notre Dame, you wanted to stop at a cafe when I book the tickets for 1230 and two respectively, knowing how much time I assumed we wanted each place. Mm-hmm. Well, no. And now- I know that. I'm more of a, a rolling ticket person. I'm like, okay, this is going to happen here at this time. It was like, if we're going here for X amount of time, we need to factor in a lunch. So that's the one thing. I don't factor there. in food. Oh. I don't factor. I will say I don't really factor in food, which is that's the one area I'm actually a lot more flexible on. Like whatever neighborhood we have to be in, we'll find something to eat. Unless it's like an Instagram place or a like I would have never gone to Cafe La Flor because I didn't know the history of it without you. Mm-hmm. Certain things like I my favorite macarons on the planet are in Paris and I think they're exclusively in Paris. Um, Pierre Hermé, most delicious macarons on the planet. There's only one place in California that I know comes close. I'm sorry all to the lottery people. They are fine, but I like other ones better. It's all right, lottery people. I got you. They're the best. They're just not. They are. <laughs> I've had both now and I'm sticking with Lottery. I know and you're just wrong, but it's okay. We can still be friends. <laughs> anyway, certain things like those dessert spots I make sure to include, but in terms of like general meals and less, like if you have a restaurant you're super passionate about, like plan it. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, yeah, I don't plan in meal times. Oh, I totally ever. plan in meal times. Even if it is just like, oh, we're stopping at whatever is the first place we see after this because we're starving. Between one and like three, I need to make sure that I've eaten. Yeah, I just most places when traveling, particularly through Europe, because that's my main travel experience, you're going to museums and things that always have a cafe. So worst comes to worst, like you get a cup of coffee and a croissant or coffee and a pastry and I'm fine till dinner. That's always how I would look at it. Or you stop at the like the European version of like a bodega and I get a bag of chips that are foreign that we don't have in America. (laughs) And I'm like, cool. I'm fine for now. European chips. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't plan for meals. You should know this. Because every night we ended up eating on the street right outside of our Airbnb because, well, not just me, but like we didn't plan mm-hmm. for dinner. I know. Well, also, again, I think that was a weird thing that we ran into with weather. So we didn't want to be out like every night when it was raining. Yeah. Oh, very important wrap-up question for this. We'll do a kind of a summary, but very important wrap-up question. Similarly to Paris in Denver, how's your knee? Oh, my God. Okay. My knee is okay. That is the good thing. It's okay. But as some of you may know, my first night in Paris, I was walking in sandals right after it rained. I slipped on a grate, fell, and dislocated my kneecap. My first night in Denver, I did something similar, walking around in sandals right after it rained. I didn't slip on a grate. I actually stepped into this like totally weird divot in the sidewalk. Uh, but I Ooh. fell like on the same knee. I was just like, oh God, it's happening. I'm going to dislocate Toe it Toe first again. or kneel first? Like did your sandal get caught in something? Uh, yeah. So like my it, – it, okay. Like they're, they weren't heels. It was like a two – like barely a two-inch block heel for the sandal. And the – You should just stop wearing heels. <laughs> I, I know. 
And so that was like stuck and maybe like this like six – it like went into like this six-inch deep hole. So like I sunk in, wobbled, and then went down. Yikes. Yeah, but I'm okay. It was It was a little bruised, but it's fine. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. She always recovers, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Traveling. We love to travel. We realize that there is a privilege to getting to travel, particularly internationally. However, I was looking for flights to Hawaii, and we are in California, and I can get to Europe for cheaper than I can get to Hawaii. Oh, yeah. So really, look look at flights. Use Hopper, Skyscanner. There are a bunch of tools out there. And if you plan far enough in advance, international flights really don't have to be that expensive. Hostels are a great option. Mm-hmm. And I am of the privileged position to say I don't like going to Europe and only going to one country because it is so expensive to go over there. But going somewhere will still be an amazing experience and perspective change if that is what you're able to do. Right. And the just Euro you do really you. Don't good. compare your trip to someone else's trip. Like just because you can't go to Paris and stay in like this five-star hotel – and then go I've never done that let's not okay let's yes. not over we have not done that <laughs> well actually I well, no we have not done what? that so Are, I, don't queens we have you done that I I have done that my mom um found so y'all we all can't be like Angela who goes to Paris and stays and has Emily in Paris's life and goes becomes an influencer overnight like my mom it's okay that we really all can't do that deal. Like a really, really great deal. So much so that when we were checking in and they were checking the rate, they were like, um, are you absolutely sure this is for our hotel and you got it at a legit site? Like she just found the most amazing deal. Yeah. yeah so you look, can do – Look for things like that. I believe you can do round trip to Europe and stay somewhere for under $1,000. I think it is possible. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can do every country in Europe for under 1000 but I think – you could fly from California to somewhere in Europe, a safe part of Europe, for four days to a week for under $1,000. Mm-hmm. And yes, I'm aware $1,000 is a lot of money, but I don't think it's as unattainable as people would think when they think of going to Europe for a week. Great. And if you were around for Financial Literacy Month last month, Jay's got some tips for you. And we're also going to be pulling out more travel tips on the podcast Instagram. Also, I've only been to Asia for my adoption and on a free trip, but I also do know flights to Asia can be more expensive, but actually traveling amongst Asia can be cheap and affordable too. So don't knock it till you do the research or if you want, DM us. We like to do the research. If there's a trip you want to do and you think it's unattainable, we're more than happy to play travel agent. Oh, yeah. Travel accessibility for all. And on that note, thank you for listening to this episode of In Omnia Paratus. Grab your coffee bowl and don't forget to rate, download, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple. Apple. Oh, also it's follow now. Oh. Grab because subscribing is now a paid thing. I have to talk to you about all of that. Oh, okay. Grab your coffee bowl and don't forget to rate, download, and follow on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, where you lead will follow. So head on over to at InOmniaPod on Instagram and let us know more about what you'd like to hear about. Bye. Pack safe, travel safe, fly safe. All of the above.